Hello everyone. I hope you are doing well. We are back with another episode of Blitz Business. I hope you will enjoy this podcast. Thank you so much uh, Aditya for coming over to Blitz Business. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh thank you so much Ashish. Uh, uh great talking to you right now. Great. So uh Aditya if you can tell us a little bit, you know, uh the idea behind uh, setting up your venture. Uh, how did the idea came about right uh, so actually a uh, two pronged response to that question the idea for samsara which is our first flagship sort of a contemporary indian gin that idea was kind of uh, a product of my travels across the world last uh, 5 years i was traveling heavily i was a management consultant so my job took me to a lot of places and naturally as a management consultant the entertainment aspect of the job was something that really attracted me and i was going to a lot of different bars a lot of different restaurants and i realized how the craft drinking culture is kind of evolving in the west i saw this huge influx of great gins coming out of europe um craft single malts coming out of japan uh beers of course uh was was uh something that was already happening even back home in our country and it was an amalgamation of my travels as well as you know trying so many different new spirits that i realized that there should be some sort of an indian alcohol that can kind of redefine the picture of india as well as the quality of uh, alco- uh alcoholic beverages that go out of our country so this was kind of uh the the backbone of the idea for samsara uh, for starting samsara and of course it was coupled with a lot of uh, progress in the craft alcohol scene in india with so many other craft gins craft beers uh, as well as vodkas at this point of time kind of entering into uh, into the market um and while we were kind of brainstorming on samsara and getting samsara off the ground and uh, trying to make it a reality that is when we got the idea for spaceman spirits lab which ended up being like a much larger parent company to samsara and the whole idea behind spaceman spirits lab was that alcohol being one of the most sought of after sectors one of the most aspirational sectors to enter is also one of the most difficult sectors to break into so the whole idea behind spaceman spirits lab was to kind of simplify the alcobev game and create almost a plug and play incubator sort of a model where anybody who's an enthusiast or even wanting to start a product on a commercial scale can come into our facility experiment at a product level and then in case he wants to scale his product we can provide that entire turnkey solution from the grain to glass to shelf journey as we like to call it so everything from product development uh to outsourced manufacturing to branding and marketing that is required to get a product on the shelf is what spaceman spirits lab does uh so yeah i guess uh that's uh, that can simplify uh that's a that's a short answer that i can give <laughs> to the back story behind samsara and then spaceman spirits lab that's that's really fascinating but isn't it um, spaceman uh, company uh, you're trying to create a competitor for yourself Oh well we don't look at it that way for me it is all about opening up the industry to experimentation and innovation because while we might not start other gin brands there would be other 100 gin brands that are going to start and every brand 
especially the brands that are small batch craft brands are going to develop their own stories and their own cult following. So every brand is going to have a very niche audience when we're talking about brands at this small scale. So we do not look at it in a way that we are creating competitors for ourselves. But the way I like to look at it is that we're opening up the industry for experimentation and kind of boosting the speed of innovation within the industry. Mm-hmm. So Aditya, share, uh, share with us some of the struggles or challenges setting up a brand, a liquor brand uh, in India. Uh, what goes behind the scene, uh, you know? Uh, so a couple of challenges um, that we faced. And, uh, also, before I get into the challenges, we were a product of the lockdown last year. So our brand was oh, scheduled to launch. Really? <laughs> yes, our brand was scheduled to uh, launch in May of uh, of last year, but that is when when we were you know, putting everything together. The lockdown hit in the last week of March, and things started going haywire at that point. So we had so many logistical issues. Our bottles were coming from China. We were working with farms across the country to get our raw materials, which are our botanicals. We had our labels being printed in one part of the country and everything had to be shifted uh, shipped and kind of assembled in Goa, which is where we produce. So last March, April, May, June were months where, you know what, everybody was grappling with the pandemic. At this point, Zoom calls and working virtually is so normalized that at that time, it was a big challenge for us to adapt to. So that was that was something very interesting where, you know what, we had teams really quickly adapt to working virtually. And it's not like a consulting business over here where we are making presentations. We have logistics happening. We have goods being shipped from across the world. So that was a very big challenge that we faced during the initial uh, uh, phase of our launch. And after that, pretty much every step as a first-time entrepreneur has been some sort of a learning curve. So right from procuring our raw materials to setting up our marketing campaigns to getting the product to shelf. If you be ask me more specific questions, I can share anecdotal stories. But every process has been, been a learning opportunity for us and it has been something that we have figured our way around and kind of worked our jugars to get the, get the product off the ground. <laughs> So, uh, so, uh, so you you stressed on the fact of shelf getting the product to shelf. Uh, mm-hmm. So, how how difficult or easy it was in terms of doing partnerships or two parts. The first is how difficult easy was uh, to bring the product to the shelf, and second in terms of uh, where do you see as a brand, uh, as uh, as a company, as Samsara, uh, to position as a D2C sort of a direct to consumer brand mostly doing through retail or doing through partnership where do you see the opportunity coming in right so definitely not an easy journey uh, as i said there are multiple steps to launching an alcohol product so right from working with the excise department uh, to get all the necessary clearances um to working with the fss ai to get our ingredients improve, uh, approved, to get the entire label approved, to then finally appointing a distributor whose job was to kind of push that product out into the market, right? So these were the three main steps that were involved in getting that product out to shelf and definitely not an easy journey. Um, learnings at every point, 
But at this point, what I can say is for us to do this for other brands and for us to launch subsequent brands, we definitely have that firsthand experience now that it's a lot smoother for us to do it at this point of time as it was probably nine months back when we were doing this with Samsara. So, yeah, I guess that answers your first question. Uh, moving on to your second question. Uh, so the way we are positioning Samsara is definitely as a D2C brand. What separates our brand from other brands in the market is that we stress a lot upon our single origin botanicals, all the botanicals that go into making our gin 100% organic. We are also one of the only alcohol brands in the entire world uh, to be manufactured or distilled solely by women. So the production facility that we run in Goa, it's a completely women-led facility. And in fact, uh, we even provide a lot of emphasis on solar energy as well as sustainable practices where a part of the energy used to distill our gin comes from solar energy. And we're in the process of setting up like a biogas plant, which is going to further help us reduce our carbon footprints and kind of move towards the sustainable direction. The other great thing that kind of separate uh, distinguishes us from other mm-hmm. brands is that we are one of the first alcohol brands in Asia to be using hemp as one of our ingredients. So that definitely does raise a few eyebrows here and there, but that's something that gives our gin a very unique character and a very unique sort of a finish and taste profile, uh, if you will. Uh, moving on uh, to, I, I know I kind of digressed from the question you asked me. Uh, for us, the biggest opportunity is going to come from retail. Uh, we believe that in today's day and age, the Indian customer truly wants uh, higher experiences, uh, more refined experiences at a substantially lesser price point as compared to what they're getting with the foreign brands like your Monkey 47s and the Hendrix of the world. So retail would, down the line, always constitute about 70 to 80% of our business with the other 30% kind of dedicated towards the on-trade, which is our hotels, restaurants, cafes, and bars. And uh, what is your current positioning in terms of the price? So we are positioned as a premium brand. Uh, in Goa, we are priced at Rs. 1350. Uh, in Bombay as well as Karnataka, we are priced at twenty six hundred. What makes the consumer try a different brand? From your experience and setting up the entire business and um, uh, creating this product, from a consumer perspective, what makes them tick? Uh, see, the Indian consumer is very curious at this point of time. Um, they social media trends, as well as kind of their exposure to a whole diverse uh, kind of um, segment of media is what is the primary influencer in making them try new brands. So, so, so these trends coupled with a general, you know, what uh, trend in trying premium products and trying uh, homegrown products is what is driving that uh, demand amongst the uh, consumers to try uh, newer brands like ours. Uh, have you raised any funds still now or do you plan to raise uh, uh, any capital soon? Uh, so at this point of time, um, we have raised a pre-seed round um, of 60 lakh rupees from a family office. And within the next three months, uh, we are planning to raise our seed round. I'm not going to disclose the amount of the seed round right now, 
but we're in talks with a couple of um, big investors to close this round within the next couple of weeks, two months. So two to three month horizon is when we're looking at all the paperwork and the uh, closure of the round. Uh, is is your business capital intensive or how do you classify it as? Uh, so as compared to a regular alcohol brand or a like regular alcohol company, we are a fraction of the, we need require a fraction of the capital, what they need. Because if you look at how the traditional alcohol brands have functioned, everybody has set up their own distilleries, procured the licenses themselves, and then started the brand. But we've gone the unconventional route, especially for the alcohol sector, where we are contract manufacturing and piggybacking off existing license infrastructure. So that makes our capital requirements significantly lower. And the only capital that we're looking at is the cap is the capital required to produce our products as along with the marketing and kind of the uh, payroll expenditures that we have mm-hmm. and in the entire process um, so m- moving on as we are into the pandemic right uh, what has been the impact of covid uh, on your business or specifically what part of the supply chain has been hit the most if any also uh, if you look at the journey from last year, right, every part of the supply chain is somewhat affected. If you look at uh, the first challenges that we faced were our bottles coming in from China. Uh, there were some uh, political tensions between India and China because of which um, around like September, October last year, all the containers were getting stuck at the port. So that was one thing that was kind of a mix of political as well as the pandemic situation. Uh, at this point of time, with the lockdowns, especially with Goa in a lockdown now and uh, all uh, on-trade services closed in Bombay, we have taken a significant hit in our business. And it's a bigger hit because for us, that entire restaurant and kind of the bar scene serves as more as a marketing channel for us rather than a sales channel. So pretty much we are blanked out on our marketing right now. Um, as well as other parts, man, uh, if you look at like the cha- one challenge that I was dealing with this morning was that we have about uh, 5,000 bottles that we have produced in Goa right now, but there are no labels for those bottles because we cannot ship those labels from Delhi at the moment. The factories are closed. We cannot ship those labels. So we literally have, we're in a bit of a soup because we cannot move those bottles to the excise bond. And now we cannot store those uh, unlabeled bottles. So we pretty much will have to drain out all these bottles back into uh, a kind of a, a, a storage tank and wait for the wow. label to reach go up before we can re-bottle them. Well, wow. mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty much all, all, all aspects have taken a hit, of course, during the first wave of the pandemic, um, where we established a new normal after that. And now it's an entire sort of a roller coaster ride again with the second wave and what do you see from from consumer lens what sort of shift do you expect to happen if any uh moving down whenever we are out of pandemic any preference change or any new trend coming up into the segment and so definitely the at-home consumption is definitely going to rise uh, people would want to reserve going out uh, only for special occasions in the next couple of uh, months to come. Uh, as well as that entire influx of a new wave of homegrown brands, what we are seeing with gin, where we have a number of gin brands coming out in the market, that is going to trickle down to all 
these spirits or all sort of alcoholic beverages as we know them. So it's a pretty much revolution in the way India builds and markets their alcohol brands is what I predict in the next couple of uh, months to years to come. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but it will take for consumer to really step out completely. I mean, I'm not too sure when will it happen uh, this year, uh, early next year. Uh, I mean, all the estimation have gone haywire uh, everywhere. So, uh, uh, so how does it impact like liquor as a business? I mean, if you if you can share with our listeners. Uh, a little, uh, uh, if you have any stats in terms of uh, the Indian uh, alcohol market, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which are the more prominent channels, uh, uh, which brands dominate, etc. Et if you have some mm-hmm. stats for our listeners. Right. Uh, so I'll try to provide you some stats, but take these numbers with a pinch of salt because I'm not reading these numbers and these are <laughs> the numbers that <laughs> sure. in my head. So if you look at the alcohol industry in general in India, about 90% of this industry is dominated by dark spirits. Uh, and when I mean dark spirits, I mean your whiskey, rum, and brandy. The rest of the 10% is kind of distributed between your uh, white spirits and liqueurs and beer. So that market, that's, that, that's what the pie graph looks like. And when we are talking about uh, gin as a segment, let's say that 5% of the pie is going towards um, white spirits. Gin is kind of less than 1% of that entire pie. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. And and you'd be surprised to know that India is the third uh, largest consumer of gin in the world. Sorry, fifth largest consumer of gin in the world. Wow. So it is very interesting to see these dynamics in the alcohol industry. And uh, the kind of alcohol that currently sells in our country is mostly those economical segment brands that dominate most of the market or kind of dominate the majority of the sales that are uh, there in the country right now. And um, retail, of course, is one of the largest, is the largest channel as of now for alcohol. And on trade, I don't have the exact percentages, but what I assume is that in the entire graph of alcohol consumption on trade is going to probably account for about 30% of business with the other 70% coming from retail consumption and at-home consumption. Mm-hmm. And other th- what? So that makes me think, what made you sort of pick and choose gin? Given it's less than one percent of the market share, it's 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 your preference for gin towards. Are you being little biased towards gin? That's the reason you started with gin, or there was some data when you started it out in terms of samsara. So both actually. The first or or, or the primary reason why I levitated towards uh, gin was because gin is a very diverse or a very kind of versatile spirit to work with. The opportunity to tell stories with gin is something that really attracted me towards gin. And even if I, before going further, let me for your listeners uh, kind of clarify what gin is. Uh, Gin is basically a grain spirit. When when I say grain spirit, it's made with grains like rice, wheat, barley, can be any grain, right? And this spirit is then redistilled with herbs and spices, with juniper berries being one of the main ingredients what you require to for any spirit to be called a gin 
And now when we're talking about all these other herbs and spices, the opportunity for storytelling starts. And this opportunity for storytelling and creativity is what initially drove me towards the entire gin segment, where I realized that India being the land of herbs and spices has so many different stories that we can tell based on the ingredients that we use. Um, and I, of course, after this question, I can go and talk a little bit more about the ingredients and how we're trying to kind of tell the story of contemporary India with our ingredients. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was one of the main reasons where I realized that, okay, gin is something that can take that st- story of lesser known India or take that story of contemporary India. And we can use this as product, as a medium to tell stories to the world. So that was one of the main or the primary reasons that I was kind of um, drawn towards gin. And now this reason aside, of course, there was a lot of market data that said that gin is one of the fastest fastest growing spirits in the world right now. Europe is already in the middle of a gin renaissance where most of the young millennial audiences are preferring gin uh, as well as other white spirits over traditional brown spirits, as well as other forecasts that said that that gin is something that is going to remain a choice of within the younger audience audiences, especially in tropical regions because of the weather and because of other climatical conditions. It's just a more diverse sort of a beverage that can be as compared to a whiskey, right? Where traditionally whiskey can only be had on the rocks or straight up or with some water. But with gin, of course, you can have it the traditional method on the rocks or with tonic, or you can use it in cocktails. So it just kind of uh, opens up the different ways that you can kind of consume the spirit. And another very interesting factor that we realized later with gin and why I personally believe that gin is here to grow is because, especially in Indian households, the drinking is still considered a taboo. So especially if you are considering a person sitting down or a young, let's talk about a 26, 27 year old kid in the evening, if he sits down with a brown colored, you know what, like a golden colored glass (laughs) of whiskey, it's surely going to raise eyebrows, right? No parent is going to be all right, right, seeing, you know what, whiskey glasses (laughs) going around the house. But if you look at gin, it's an entire process. You'll come down, you're going to cut a few slices of fruits. You're going to make a fancy looking uh, drink. And naturally, the parents would also be like, oh, you know what? That looks really nice. Why don't you make me one as well? (laughs) So these are a couple of reasons why I Mm -hmm. feel that gin in general is the new choice of spirit for the millennials. And of course, it's being backed by a lot of data and kind of numbers. I'm not giving you exact numbers over here, but the mm-hmm. trend says that uh, the next uh, choice of drink is gin as well as other white spirits. And what's your favorite gin, Aditya? Uh, of course, samsara. I cannot, I can, I cannot divert from that. Uh, divert from that. But apart from samsara, I'm, if you look at the Indian gins, I'm a big fan of uh, Hapusha. If you look at the Gins that are there are conventional gins in the international market. Uh, Monkey Forty Seven is one of my favorite gins. Mm-hmm. And and as a brand, uh, do you have any plan plans, or you currently do you export or uh, any thought process on that front? Uh, so yes, when we started off as a brand, first of all, we're just a nine month old brand mm-hmm. right now, so fairly young in the market. 
but our intention is definitely to take this brand international and within the next six to eight months we are hoping to send out our first consignments to the us as well as a few southeast asian markets yeah so aditya how difficult it is you know to strike such partnerships how does someone go about doing this thing i, I mean uh, under spaceman you are helping other people build such brand but if you mm-hmm. can share some insights how does someone go about and do such things uh so for us what's really worked is just asking people right it's as simple as that finding out who are the distributors simple mm-hmm. searches on the internet simple you know what messages out to the network where we try to first identify potential you know what distributors potential partners and then just plain out simple picking up the phone giving them the call and saying hey we're a new brand we're trying to enter this market what can we do half the times this doesn't work half the times we're laughed at and kind of uh, <laughs> uh, shown the door but mm-hmm. you, out of every 10 calls you would always find two people that will be super enthusiastic that will give you their time and that would they, and who would want to talk to you and these the moment you kind of strike that is when you start going on that entire uh, you know what understanding and learning journey about the market and in that kind of journey you do find those partners it might be the people that you're talking to it might be somebody that you get connected with but the point is that as my dad always says that you know you always have to mm-hmm. ask if you're not asking or if you're not picking up the phone and True. in calling up people no partnership mm-hmm. is going to come out of the air like till date in my business nobody has called me and said that oh you know what i want to be a partner and we will do it according to the terms that you want to come work with us right that's that's a fantasy thing it won't happen but if you right. kind of put a structure in your head and said that this is what i want you can easily go out and get that i mean that's that's an excellent point at the i mean uh, uh, for listeners also because ultimately you have to take a lot of action as a founder as a uh, entrepreneur right uh, uh, you have to reach out and you have to reach out to many people uh, <laughs> to achieve any of the objective being partnerships doing sales i think uh, that's an excellent point at the and have you incubated any company under spaceman uh as of now we are working with a couple of brands as of now uh yes, yes. the product that's going to be hitting the market the first is this brand called sober which is okay. india's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit so if the listeners are aware of this drink called seedlip or ritual zero proof or even a non-alcoholic beer for that matter right they would kind of relate to this beverage where it's a spirit taste like an alcoholic spirit gives you the same burn but of course it's just completely alcohol free so that is the that is one brand that is going to be coming out in the market very soon uh, apart from this we are working with another gentleman on a rum brand uh, so again this is a rum that is using aged and unaged um, uh, sugarcane spirit from india as well as certain uh, spirits that we are importing from jamaica so that is another brand that should be out in the market within the next couple of months wow sounds exciting definitely look forward to them trying them out so i wanted to understand from you uh, there has been couple of brands for example let's say bira dominating into the current segment you know giving tough mm-hmm. competitions if i can say so through different marketing strategies or bringing different flavors you know down the line 
five years, ten years? Will you put your bets on uh, in this segment for the next five to ten years? Uh, so what I'm gonna say is that in the next five to ten years, we'll see a lot of scattering happening happening in the industry. And now, what I mean by scattering is today, let's say, if I talk about beer segment, for example. Uh, Kingfisher and your Hayward's 5000 and your other local beers probably occupy the majority of the pie in the market today. But slowly within the next five to not even 10 years, probably in the next seven years, we're going to see this pie breaking up and there'll be a lot of new independent brands that are going to come out into the picture. Of course, you will probably have brands like Beta that might occupy four, five, six percent of the market, but you'll also have a lot of these independent breweries that are going to come up and kind of have their own cult followers that are going to be drinking just that beer. And this population itself who will have cult following for certain brands would be the people who would also fuel other new brands that are going to keep on popping up and these brands will keep on evolving to meet the changing palettes of the customers. And this learning from beer can also be extrapolated to the entire spirit industry at large, where you would see, um, you know, the powerhouses like the Diageos and the Pernos and the Radical Khetans of the world kind of settling down and uh, giving way to more craft small batch spirits that can offer a lot of diversity in the markets. There would be a lot of regional brands that are going to pop up. And these are going to be brands that are just probably based out of Rajasthan, or just probably based out of Goa, just probably based out of Karnataka, for example. And all these brands would be definitely really high quality brands where their marketing game is point on, their product is of course point on, and these spirits would be able to kind of compete at a global level. And of course, apart from this, one of the um, other biggest things that I foresee in the next five to 10 years is India emerging as a very important place in the global alcohol scene. Um, So if I have to give you an example, um, Ashish, when was the last time you heard, or the first time you heard about Japanese whiskey as a concept, or Japanese whiskey as 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 something that you know what people really like to talk about? Um, so through one of my friends, he's a very big whiskey enthusiast. So um, two years, two years, right. two years before, two years, yeah, back. yeah, yeah. So. And today, if you look at it, that Japanese whiskeys are the talk of the town. They're probably Mm. more esteemed as compared to the finest single malts coming out of Europe. Right. So what we see over here is that Japanese whiskeys in the last five to ten years suddenly dominated the global space. And the reason that they were able to dominate that global space because that product was exceptional, the branding and the marketing was exceptional. And that is what's going to happen with Indian spirits. Indian whiskeys are already creating a big splash across the world. Indian gins have already started to create a big splash across the world where you have brands like Stranger and Sons, homegrown brands that are winning the best gin in the world awards. So India is definitely going to become a very important player in the global alcohol sector. And the kind of prestige that is enjoyed by Japanese whiskeys or Japanese gins or Japanese beers in the market right now is something that is going to come to India much sooner than we know it. So in the next five to 10 years, watch out. India is going to be one of the biggest 
क्वालिटी प्रोड्यूसर्स ऑफ अल्कोहल इन द वर्ल्ड डेफिनेटली इंटरेस्टिंग टाइम्स अहेड आदित्य टू रैप इट अप इफ यू वर टू डू थिंग्स डिफरेंटली यू नो इफ यू हैड द चांस टू गो बैक इन टाइम एंड डू थिंग्स डिफरेंटली व्हाट विल दैट बी गुड क्वेश्चन एक्चुअली आई डोंट हैव अ वेरी स्ट्रक्चर्ड आंसर फॉर दैट राइट नाउ ऑफ कोर्स देयर स्मॉल मिस्टेक्स Uh, along the way that can be corrected but i would like to think that uh, the way we've positioned ourselves and the way we've come along i'm pretty happy with it so i wouldn't really uh, want to go back and uh, change anything but still uh, if i have to answer your question uh, maybe i would invest more uh, in my team maybe i would try to uh delegate more responsibilities early on again i know not a very specific answer but to answer your question uh right now i guess yeah delegation is something that personally i i wish i had started off uh, early in the process i think it is uh, it is same everywhere for all the founders at least i have talked to delegation is always difficult <laughs> in the beginning it's always difficult to give up a process or whatever you as a founder are looking at but but i mean uh, looking at the bigger picture for sure i mean as a founder you can then achieve much more uh, uh you can focus on what really matters right so uh, i think that's a very good point um, it's always uh, the giving up control seems difficult but once uh, you understand the process you know uh, what you can achieve i think uh, that's the best feeling ever right great aditya thank you so much uh, for your time it was pleasure talking to you and um, really uh, interesting space to be in uh, will definitely be on a lookout and we'll be trying some of your interesting stuff thank you everyone for tuning in i hope you enjoyed this podcast uh, we will be back with more interesting episodes soon stay tuned